0: This is The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to The WealthAbility Show, where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less taxes. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of Wealth Ability. So why would you ever cheat on your taxes when you can save taxes legally? So today... You're going to learn how to reduce your taxes and still sleep at night. And to have this discussion, we've got a very distinguished professor, Donna bobek Schmidt from the University of South Carolina, who has spent a good part of her career, as I understand it, uh, Donna, um, really looking at why people cheat on their taxes and and, 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 tax preparers who actually allow it or encourage it. So Donna, could you just give us 30 seconds of your background?
1: Uh, sure. I'm a, I've been a professor for 25 years. I was at the university of central Florida for 17 years. And now I'm at the university of South Carolina for five years, almost all of that time. I've been teaching graduate tax classes. I've taught a bunch of different graduate tax classes, um, and uh, before that, I worked in public accounting in other places uh, before I got my doctorate at the University of Florida. And uh, yeah, I do a lot of research on tax compliance and tax professional behavior. And I work with a lot of CPAs who, uh, who were my students and then now uh, work in public accounting.
0: That's awesome. So um, thank you for that. And thank you so much for being on the show. So the big question in my mind is, why do people cheat? I mean, is it just, you know, is it uh, they, they, well, you know, they want to, uh, you know, everybody wants to reduce taxes, but why do people do it? Why do they cheat to reduce their taxes?
1: Well, there's a few reasons. Um, I'll start with just saying from an economic perspective. So there's a lot of uh, academic research on this and from an economic perspective. Uh, perspective. The puzzle really has been, why don't people cheat more? And the reason for that is because given our current audit rates and penalty rates, there's the, the, the chance of being detected is quite, quite low um, if it's income that's not subject to third-party reporting. And so actually, from an economics of crime perspective, people comply much more so than you would expect. Uh, nevertheless, there's a $400 billion a year tax gap. Um, and most of that relates to income not subject to third party reporting. So so on the one hand, you know, why do people cheat? A lot of researchers are trying to figure out, well, what are the reasons that keep people from cheating when it's not, um, you know, when when they can cheat and, and not get detected? Um, and there's, you know people do see paying taxes as an ethical issue and so to the extent that they see it as an ethical issue they're not going to cheat just like you know if you go into a store you could probably put something in your pocket and not be caught but you wouldn't do that because it's wrong and so a lot of people don't cheat because it's because it's you know they believe it's unethical on the other hand some people don't see Paying taxes as an ethical issue, and they can rationalize cheating for a variety of reasons. One being that hey, everybody does it, or two, you know, uh, the rich people don't pay enough taxes. Um, that that kind of thing. So um, there is a a big ethical component to tax compliance, and people vary on on you know on their perspective
0: related to that you know speaking of that perspective I, uh, that reminds me I was uh, in Barcelona Spain a couple of years ago and met up with um, a friend of mine that I'd met in first met in Russia he was Russian and had actually emigrated uh, to Barcelona and we were talking about taxes in Russia because when I'd been in Russia I, I noticed that pretty much everybody cheats on the yeah. taxes in Russia. And I said, so why is that? And he says, well, you have to understand in Russia, we look at laws as a suggestion. Mm-hmm. And he was serious about that. And, um, so there, yeah. and, and, and that's an, that's a very different view than what I think, um, you know, most Americans have.
1: Well, there, there's definitely a cultural component to it. And there's also, um, a, a component of it so that you do see a wide variety of compliance across different um, countries and cultures. And in addition to that, you have to have some faith in your institutions. Uh, and if you don't, then you're unlikely so that, to um, to comply. So you see this a lot in developing countries where they don't have faith in the institutions. And so therefore they, they don't comply. And, it, and it, it's kind of a, you know, I don't know if the word self-fulfilling prophecy or, but if if, if people don't pay taxes and the government can't do what right. it's supposed to do, so then, you know, they don't, the government's not doing it. And it, if, if you think, if you, here's an example that relates to the, um, even in the United States, you know, one of the areas about uh, where, where there's a lot of non-compliance and there's been a lot of laws, but, you know, new rules put in place has to do with tip income. Right. And so, you know, it's kind of a known thing that people don't report all their tips. And I remember I had a student years ago and she, she worked at Cracker Barrel, I think. And she told me that she reported all of her tips um, because, you know, for her, it was a moral thing. She thought it was the right thing to do. And she said, but, you know, the people she worked with made fun of her. Because it's like, why are you so dumb? You're paying more taxes than you need than you need well, to pay. Uh, yeah, and, and it, that's an example. And, and that's no nothing against. I, I. It might not even be Cracker Barrel, so nothing. That's not no. I'm not saying anything about Cracker Barrel. Just I think that's widespread view. That, 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 there's so no you, no
0: question. And 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 uh, you know how many times um, have you had a contractor or somebody uh, that you know was going to wash your windows right. or whatever, and I'll give it to you less if you pay cash, right?
1: Right. Yes, yes, absolutely. Actually, I had a big argument with my husband over that exact <laughs> topic.
0: <laughs> no, it, it's true. We facilitate it, and we kind of look, look the other way. And, you know, um, uh, when I wrote uh, my book, Tax-Free Wealth, uh, you know, the whole premise is you really don't have to cheat. There's so many incentives in the law. I mean, look at this last 2017 Tax Act. And you have bonus depreciation and you have, you know, all of these tax benefits, the qualified business income deduction, you, you know, you've got home office deduction. I mean, you've got all these legitimate tax benefits that, you know, I always wonder, you know, why do why do people cheat? And, and it, it, I wonder if it's not just because it's being lazy. Is that part of it? That it, that part of it is that the the internal revenue code is so complex that it just takes a lot of effort to actually comply and reduce your taxes, as opposed to just cheating to reduce your taxes.
1: Well, I mean, I I, I think it it depends, right? So if you're talking about business income versus Non-business income, or you know, in in some and and there's there is, I would agree with you, some level of of non-compliance. That's that's out of ignorance, Um, and and uh, and and I think that as uh, tax professionals, sometimes you know, have a difficult time trying to explain things, kind of being the messenger of bad news to to tax to their clients. You know, that, no, that's that's not how this works or, yeah, you should have done this differently, but now you're bringing it to me in January and there's nothing I can do to change the, you know, change the situation. I, I personally probably wouldn't use the word lazy. I would probably just say it's more of a of a, you know, taxes make people nervous. They just, yep, they don't do. understand them they think they're complicated. I mean, I, you know, I do tax returns for people that are like the simplest tax returns ever, but it just makes them feel so much better for me to do them for them. And so there's like this, uh, you know, just this barrier uh, that it just seems very complicated. And uh, and, and, and some of it is, is hard to understand. So, you know, and yeah, I'm sure some people are lazy and that, uh, just like every other law, ignorance of the law is not a defense. So,
0: right. So let, let's talk about tax preparers for a minute. Yeah. So I know you do a lot of research into why tax preparers sometimes allow or facilitate cheating. Do you see that as a, as a prevalent Challenge in um, um, in 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 our in our in the U.S.
1: I, I do not. Um, and and let me just kind of add a caveat that it depends on who you're talking about. Okay, when you're talking about CPAs, my experience with CPAs and my research with CPAs uh, has led me to the conclusion that the vast majority of CPAs are ethical people trying to do the right thing by the law and by the, um, by their clients. So I, I don't, I don't have evidence that see that there's a, an issue with, with CPA tax tax professionals. Now, when you go kind of to, there's a lot of people that do taxes <laughs> that are life right. and a lot of them are very ethical, but there, there, there is, you know, for instance, the IRS, I don't know if they still do this, but I used to, when I, I used to teach um, a tax research class, where we part of the class was about um, professional responsibility, and and so I used to go to the IRS website where they would have all their criminal activity. You know, the number of people, uh, tax professionals that they had right. uh, filed criminal charges against, and and uh, and you know, ninety percent of those were not CPAs. So, uh, so I would say that most of the kind of tax professional aided noncompliance is not, is not coming through CPAs. Uh, on the other hand, you know, there are some CPA firms, large CPA firms, that have gotten in trouble, uh, even some people that have gone to jail for helping their clients do things, you know, their big clients do things that are, uh, you know, that were wrong. But I, you know, I think they, those, that's more the exception than the rule. Some of the research that I have done recently has shown that, you know, tax, tax professionals are very thoughtful about this and they'd rather fire a client than, you know, than not be able to sleep at night.
0: Well, I, I, I always tell, I, I tell my clients, actually, I tell, even when I'm speaking on stage, say, you know, one of my big goals in life is to never be anybody's girlfriend, and um, yeah no kidding <laughs> I, I, you know and you know i mean you know we're we're signing we sign the tax return too and it's under penalties of perjury based on what we know so if we know that a client's cheating we're we're on the hook for that and i've always tax- I, I always tell my clients you know what i don't want you to go to jail and i'm i'm going to tell you if you do i'm not going to come there with you
1: there are tax professionals in jail right now as we speak So that is a real that is a real
0: threat. Yeah, well, it is of course because we're supposed to know better. You know, the client actually you know gets a little bit of leeway uh, sometimes because if they're relying on us, I mean, there's even penalties they can get out of if they relied on 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 a professional. And you know, we have tax opinion letters and so forth like that to make sure that you know, that the clients are off the hook and out of these big penalties. As a CPA, I have to tell you, and who runs a network of CPAs, I'm very happy to hear that your research shows that CPAs are primarily compliant. And I actually think that's a big difference and something that the CPA profession perhaps should promote a little more is that if you really want ethical representation, then, you know, the CPA is, is probably the surest way to go. I,
1: I mean, of course, you know I'm a CPA as well, so maybe I'm a little uh, biased. But I, I would agree, tax lawyers also have, um, you know, ethical requirements and things like that. I don't, I haven't done much research with tax lawyers, so I can't really say. I can't really say a lot about about them. Um, but I would, I would, I would guess that they were probably similar, similar to CPAs. Um, although a lot of the like really crazy tax shelter stuff, um, you know, works its way through law firms. So,
0: well, it, it, it does. And here's the thing about tax lawyers is that the challenge with tax lawyers doing your tax return, of course, is that lawyers can't do, well, ma- yeah, they, they, they can't do math. So it's no, they, <laughs> they're really they good with the words, that. but they're not very good at doing the actual numbers. So, um. But so there are actually a couple of issues that I run into that I kind of want to run by you okay? um, because I've seen this. And so we, because we've got this network of CPAs, we see a lot of tax returns prepared by other tax preparers. And there are a few issues that I think are fairly common where people tend to cheat. Um, One is inventory. Um, where, where I've actually, so we had a change in inventory law in 2017, not discussed very much, but we did have a change in inventory law, um, where you don't, a small taxpayer small being under 25 million doesn't necessarily have to keep inventory and for small things, they can actually write them off when they, when they buy them. But, um, what I actually had, uh, somebody had heard me talk about this. And they went to their CPA and they said, we'd really like to do this. What do we have to do to go through this? And, and they said, well, we don't really want to do that because that's how we, that's how we, we manipulate your income from year to year. Oh. <laughs> I'm going, and I actually had, I actually had a client. Um, I had to fire them because they would not take a physical inventory at the end of the year. And I knew that they I mean, based on what their sales were and their business, because I knew their business well, there was no way that they could have that kind of inventory. It would just, there's no way they got it down that low at the end of the year, um, which of course raised their, their deduction for cost of goods sold. So have you looked at any of the specific areas where people do tend to cheat?
1: So, okay. With all, all cheating. Okay. First of all, that's very interesting. And I find it interesting because inventory is one of those areas That has a lot of regulation about how you're supposed to keep your records and what you're supposed to capitalize and, you know, what costs are included in inventory and that kind of thing. So there is a a lot of substantiation required for inventory. So that's not really an area that on audit you're likely to kind of win. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. so, so I, you know, so I think that, that, that's, uh, that's kind of interesting, but if you want to talk about small business, I think, yeah. you know, cause I feel like you kind of have to segment it in For terms sure. of what, sure. small business. but if you're, if you're kind of focusing on small business, you know, it's, it's, uh, if you think about cash income, that's the easiest place to, you know, cash income is the easiest place to cheat on. Right. Right. Because it just. It can easily disappear. The other thing is, I think small business—you uh, see people running personal expenses through the business.
0: Yes. So,
1: I think those are two. You know, when you have these closely held businesses, I think those are two, two areas where it, where where it's easy. I didn't really think about manipulating income through inventory, but that makes sense because it's such a big,
0: it's a big, a big
1: thing. It's big, yeah, it's, it's a, a big, big number. It's a big and number,
0: and 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 it's and, moving all the time. You know, and the reality is, is the IRS doesn't do a lot of audits, and no, they, and, and they don't. They 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 are clearly understaffed, and they don't audit inventory a lot. And but the the point that that I always make is, well, but you don't have to do that because there are ways um, that are very legal. Okay, and these aren't loopholes and this is a this is a big issue to me. Um, a hot spot for me is that people talk about loopholes and to me a loophole is an unintended consequence, not an intended consequence. And so th- totally- there, there are a lot of tax benefits that are intended consequences. I mean you certainly wouldn't call the qualified business income deduction, this 20% pass-through deduction, as a loophole that was intended to reduce the business owner's tax. Or you wouldn't call bonus depreciation a loophole. This is something that was intended, Section 179. That's not a loophole. That's intended, you know, home office. That's not a loophole. It's in the law. So all of these things are not loopholes. They're really intentional tax benefits. And to me, what I find is, is that the best clients and the way that I can help my clients actually sleep at night and I can sleep at night is when I do educate them and give them the tools to reduce their taxes legally so that they don't have to wonder, well, is there something I'm not doing? Because when people come to us, they're, 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 their question is, I don't know if my CPA or my tax preparer is doing enough to help me reduce my taxes. And so what that, uh, in a lot of cases, I think that's when they say, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to fudge here and I'm going to fudge there. I'm going to run personal expenses through my business.
1: So um, I completely agree with your perspective on the term loophole. I think it's a uh, pejorative that's used for tax benefits that other people get. And I don't,
0: you know what I mean? That's a loophole. <laughs> I like I that. don't get it. Okay. That's a great definition of it. Yeah.
1: Um, but uh, uh and I, I I the other thing I would say is that this is something I see with small business people, and um so I will I will I'll tell you a little story about um so you know, I, I get my hair done, um, and I, I go to a very nice uh, hair salon uh, um, and pay you know quite a bit of money for this. And, um, I was taught, you know, and of course my, you know, hair salon person knows my hairdresser knows that I'm a, you know, CPA and et cetera. And so she's talking to me about her taxes and, um, and, and she said she was kind of dissatisfied with the person she was going to. And I said, Oh, well maybe, you know, maybe, you know, I could give you some recommendations or whatever. She goes, yeah, well, I'm only paying $175 and I don't want to pay any more than that. (laughs) And I said, well, I said, you know, you know, you get what you pay for. That's why I come to you and not super cuts, you know, is because I want, you know, whatever. And she was like really taken aback by that. But I do think sometimes you, you see that is that people don't understand the value of, because they don't understand it. So they don't understand the value and then they're not willing to pay for the kind of, advice that they really need well and so that's when you know it's not free
0: it's it's not free and you know when people say well the the rich don't pay a lot of taxes well the rich are doing things that the government wants them to do they're investing in real estate they're building businesses and so i'll you know when i see um and and we do have clients i mean we have clients that are very well to do and they pay very little tax um, but they're doing things like investing in oil and gas wells, they're investing in real estate, they're they're investing in their business, they're, they're creating um, new research, they're they're putting money into research and development. So um, they're, they're really the way I look at it is they're doing what the government wants them to do. That's what the government says in the tax law, this is what we want you to do. And so that's what they're doing. On on the other hand, You know, it's like you say, that that loophole is the uh, pejorative um, for (laughs) these are tax benefits somebody else is getting um, that I'm not. I'm going, well, here's the thing, though. The tax law is fair. I mean, everybody can get the same benefits and it's a matter, but sometimes a lot of it is the matter of who are you getting your education from when it comes to your taxes? I mean, your single biggest expense is your taxes um, for most people. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're worried about paying $175, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. And I'm going, well, you know, to me, it's always, do you look at this as a necessary evil to get your taxes done? Or do you look at as your tax advisor, as an asset, somebody who's going to actually make me money. And so to me, you know, if if it's a necessary evil, I do want to spend the least amount possible, but if it's something that's actually going to make me money, I actually want to invest more in that. I mean, you know, if it's a hairstylist that's going to get you a really good haircut, I mean, I, I, I spend money myself on hair, um, and because I don't have a lot of it, so I have to take, you know, have to do the best I can with what I've got, and so I actually spend some money on a hairstylist who actually has figured out how to cut my hair to look like I actually have some, and that's yeah, it's it's really a matter of what's important to you. Right. If what's important to you is paying the least amount of money, then that's what you're going to get. If what's important to you is paying the least amount of tax and you want to do it legally and sleep at night, then that's a whole it's, it's just a very different mindset.
1: And and I, w- I, I, I would want to make one point um, that you said about um, wealthy people. If you look at the distribution of the income tax burden, for sure, the highest income people pay Almost. more than theirs. Yes proportionate share of the income tax burden sure. now one could what you know it's it's certainly a debatable uh, issue as to whether it should be even more that's a that's kind of a preference issue right some people might think it should be even more and some people might think it should be less but uh, I think it's important to recognize that it's not factual to say that rich people don't pay a lot of taxes because they do Okay, But they also have a lot of opportunities to reduce their taxes, as as you're pointing out. And a lot of the opportunities they have are potentially opportunities other people in other situations don't have. But, you know, that's and, you know, as you say, that's the way the tax law is. So if you don't like the tax law, then you can try to change it. But it's not a loophole or whatever.
0: Right. So. You know, to me, it is—it's—it's it's a matter of—I I think you brought up some really good points. A matter of getting education, and some of the challenge with CPAs is, while lawyers can't do math, CPAs have a tough time speaking English, and yeah. <laughs> it, it's getting education for people who actually speak English. I actually had a client who hired me to interpret what their lawyer said, yeah. literally, yeah. because yeah. they couldn't understand yeah. what their lawyer was saying, and so they actually hired me as the go-between to interpret it and, and put it into English for them. And so, you know, having somebody on your team that actually does speak English, that will educate you, um, uh, you know, one of my, con- my concerns is that uh, CPAs sometimes feel like, um, well, if I tell my clients what I know, they won't need me anymore, which is, of course, with the complexity of the tax law, ridiculous. Um, because they're, they're actually going to need you more because they're going to be more successful and they're going to make more money and they're going to have be more complex and they're going to need you even more. So I I think of it very selfishly that if I can educate my clients, then therefore, um, they're going to need more of me, not less of me. And so I think that education, but I, I think you bring up a really good point that who you're going to for your tax advice makes a huge difference. And I think it actually says a lot about the person, um, and are they willing to invest in their, in their future? Are they willing to invest in their, their taxes to actually make it a better result for them?
1: You know, I think overall, I have a friend who uh, has a consulting business and she's not in tax. She's, a, she's CPA, but she has a, 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 like a CEO kind of, uh, CFO kind of consulting business. And one of the things that she has, has observed um, is that in general, you would think with all this technology that we would have better processes, better controls, better advice. But there's a sense uh, amongst uh, uh, people who are entrepreneurs that because they can get QuickBooks online and TurboTax online or whatever, that they don't, you know, that they can do it themselves, and it doesn't, it doesn't really set them up for success even though in the front end when they're strapped for for cash they're like oh well this is a way to save money it's kind of like penny wise and pound foolish you know right. basically and and you so you see that in with accounting in general with small business not just with with taxes
0: absolutely so you know to, to me it's it comes down to a couple of things first of all there's no need to cheat you can actually keep your taxes down uh, and, and sleep at night if you could do two things. One, you get the education, which is, I, that's why I love talking to professors and I actually was i not a real professor. I was an adjunct professor for 14, 14 years. Um, so you know where we are, we're like right below the janitor on the pecking order well, but at the university. I still think you're a real <laughs> professor,
1: but, uh, not, not a well-paid one. We'll say that. <laughs>
0: But but truly, if we get the education and then we, you know, recognize that, look, we can reduce our taxes legally. These laws are available to everybody as long as we have somebody that we're working with that can actually produce, you know, help us produce results. I always say if you want to change your tax, you need to change your facts. And so if you if you're willing to change your facts to do what the government wants you to do, you can reduce your taxes and you can sleep at night and you don't have to worry about. And is the IRS going to come after you? Because you never have to worry about the IRS because your tax preparer is taking care of that when they prepare the tax return in the first place. They're making sure that everything is ticked and tight, as we say in accounting, where I's dotted, and T's crossed, as you might otherwise say. So um, Dr. Schmidt, um, just been a pleasure to have you on our um, podcast today, Uh, Wealth Ability. You're just a wealth of information. It's just absolutely been delightful. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And uh, just remember, everyone, that when you do... You know, when you do get the education and you do have the right tax advisor and the right tax preparer, then you're always going to make way more money and pay way less taxes. We'll see you next time. What if you could discover a simple way to double your profitability in the next 90 days without adding any new clients? As a listener of my podcast, I want to give you, for no charge, my five-step process for doing just that. Just go to wealthability.com slash CPA profit right now to get this free gift. I know this claim probably sounds exaggerated, but it is entirely doable and much easier than you'd think. In fact, this is the same five step process that Cindy, my friend and member of the Wealthability Network, used to increase her overall revenue by 50% while actually getting rid of some of her most troublesome clients. There's no purchase necessary, just do these five steps and watch the results. To get your copy of this free gift, go to WealthAbility.com slash CPA profit. WealthAbility.com slash CPA profit and double your profits now. You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com.